Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with X-Growth. And today I'm talking to Benny Osmas, founder at bigchange.group, about how marketing leaders can get inspiration from their internal culture and project that into their marketing strategy, presenting a more genuine and authentic corporate image. On that note, let's dive in. Benny, thanks for joining us. Shaheen, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. No, it's it's an absolute pleasure, and I tell you what, I was I was looking at your book earlier uh, earlier a couple of days ago, and uh, before kind of putting these questions together, and there there's plenty of insight in there. First of all, you know, I I, I love to I love to get a thirty second kind of dive into you know what kind of got you to write the uh, the the transformational leadership compass. What you know, how did that come about? Yeah. Uh, so look, I'm in the business of organizational change and development, um, predominantly in leadership development and working with leaders to shape growing companies. And gosh, two years ago, five clients in a week said, we love the program. You should write a book about it. And I sort of took cue from that and went down the path of consolidating all of our methods and models into something that was accessible, readable, and practical. And uh, two years later, it published this book and it's, it's been quite well received, which is a relief. Um, but essentially it's a, it's a guide and a system for transformational leadership. And it's, it's not a step-by-step -step recipe because, you know, as we know, complexity doesn't allow for that. What it is, is a dynamic coaching system that leaders can work with to reshape their organizations, to exceed their visions and, and to, to kick some real goals. Got it. Got it. Now, you know, I, I obviously, as I mentioned, had a look and there are just like you said, it's not a recipe. It's not a, it's not a step by step process. And there were there are certain pieces that I, I definitely wanted to dig deeper in in our conversation today. Right. And as I said at the beginning of the of the podcast, really around that component of, hey, how do I how do I take the culture of the business and then how do I incorporate that into marketing? Right. So. On that note, what I want to explore first is how do you go about defining culture? Like what, what do you, what do you do when you, when you talk about culture and what do you mean when you talk about culture? Mm, this is a big one. Culture is, is a complex system, right? And, and the, the definition I like the most is, is from a guy named Edgar Schein. He's a PhD. He's one of the very few people I would consider to be actual experts uh, on organizational culture. And Edgar defines it very, very well. And I'll read this so I get it to the letter. It's the accumulated learning of the group that is a pattern or system of beliefs, values, and behavioral norms comes to be taken for granted as basic assumptions and eventually drops out of awareness, right? So that's a mouthful. Um, that is a to, mouthful. To boil it down a little more, you can really think of culture about the things that are so ingrained in our, our thinking, our communication, and our behavior that we forget we're doing them, that we take them for granted, that they become the way we do things. They become the way we speak. They become us and we collectively to the point where it's unconscious. Got it. Yeah. We, okay. We went, we went deep fast, didn't we? We went deep right at the beginning <laughs> of the, uh, of the show, like no mercy. I love it. So obviously, you know, one of the things that gets derived from 
from culture is also it it, it kind of gets derived from it sometimes it creates it it's the internal values right and you know you you've mentioned that internal values should match external claims what what do you mean by that yeah but there's this idea that i i argue in the book that that authentic brand is an inside job uh, so what I mean by that is when we talk about brand as an expression of culture into the marketplace, and it's based on this premise that eventually the customer uh, is either going to experience the service of one of your staff or uh, experience a product you've designed and developed. And where does that all come from? Well, it's, a, it's the work of the people. So the, the people's defaulting, they're taking for granted beliefs and assumptions and the way they do things ripple out into the market. And that's what the market's actually experiencing through brand. So the idea here is that true brand is an outwards amplification and expression of the company's culture. This deep taken for granted sense of who we are and what we value and what value we create for the world. When marketers and creative expressionists are able to capture this and share it beyond the walls and beyond the work internally, it becomes something that the world can experience and our culture actually expands through our customer, through our market. And, you know, the cliched but great example of this is Apple. You know, people are part of the cult of Apple. Um, yeah, there's that story of Steve Jobs, you know, walking down the street in San Francisco and seeing people wearing white earphones and just thinking it's happening, it's happening. We're, uh, we're building people into this this whole culture about the, the creative, the, the rebel, the misfit. And we're, we're creating archetypical artifacts and, and characters that, that match the people we have internally to the people we're looking for externally. It, it is tribal. It is about creating almost anthropological structures that, that resonate with, with external value systems as well as internal value systems in the form of an individual or team psychology, but also their work and their output and what they're creating as far as creativity, art, and meaning in the world. Who do you think is, whose job do you think it is to kind of capture those, those values within the company and then project it in brand? Because obviously the brand component falls under the marketing department, right? I mean, if you, if you wanted to very clearly cut things up, that would be under, you know, the CMO, you know, whoever it is, marketing director, VP, but then, you know, do you do you see that being an initiative that the some a marketing leader takes on to kind of capture that? Is that something that comes higher up? What, what is your experience with that? Well, I think it's useful to make a differentiation between brand and marketing. Probably at this point, brand being a, a, an essence and expression, or brand at least in TLC terms, as being this essence akin to culture a truer sense of what an entity is, what it stands for, what it's all about, uh, expressed through various messages and channels into the greater world to create movement, create influence and help people make decisions to whether they're going to join or not. Marketing is um, a, is, is a, a level of, of tactics, some more sophisticated than others, at messaging and creating a customer. It's about when done very well and aligned to brand, it's about distilling these into the right message for the right person at the right time, solving the right problem for the right outcome. You know, a, a series of strategic initiatives, hopefully well-placed bets and investments 
into what's going to get it attention and help somebody become a customer. I think brand is runs runs a lot deeper, uh, is a lot more long term as well, and marketing again, it's more focused around a a process of transaction rather than transformation and both are necessary and both work in in a dynamic dance to be able to create and, and i do think it's you know it's brand marketing and culture at its best work as an iterative process and dance to shape the value a company provides to the world and the way it brings that value to the world through through various signals channels and offers and opportunities it sounds like you're 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 saying really brand is is like the ceo's job i think it's if it's to be done well brand must be an integrated message throughout the growing company i mean let's let's go back to that original definition of brand as an outward expression of culture right if we say cultures what we're all about at our deepest essence you know, conscious or unconscious, it's there. Being able to express that in a meaningful way, I, I really truly think it's it's certainly under the CEO's level of responsibility and work to, to d- direct that at the very least. Another thing that you talk about is is North Star in your book. Where does where does that come into come into play? Yeah, well, it's it's not a new concept, of course. Uh, and and in fact, the whole TLC dynamic system integrates a whole range of different models of best practice into one thing that's easy to learn, easy to teach, and easy to share. So we can, you know, go on this journey together. That's my intention, right? So North Star is, it's a set of directions. It's a, it's guidance, a guidance system. So my model is a compass. The North Star is the vision, right? Where are we going? What does the compelling future look like? Paint me a picture. And visions are emergent. They they get clearer the more closer we move towards them. It's a, it's an ongoing thing. So the North Star has vision, has the mission, worthy cause. What do we stand for? What do we fight for? What what actually are we on this journey for? And what is it all about? And the articulation of that values. Uh, we have core values. Who who are we most of the time? What do we prioritize in terms of the choices we make? Again, this is directional stuff. When done very well and clearly, it guides all decisions that happen on the journey towards it. Um, in North Star, we also have standards, which are hard and fast, unmuckwithable rules. And I'm censoring myself here for, for the kids. Um, hard and fast rules you can't break in place that guide the direction that, that, that keep it all going. Um, big goals, big strategic initiatives, all belong in North Star aspirational values, who we'd like to become, not who we are now, but who we'd like to become and guiding principles. So all of this, all of these things that can be created as uh, cultural and brand assets sit in this category of North Star for the purpose of guiding our direction towards the future through leadership and expressing our direction to bring others along for the journey. And others can include everybody working for us and the, the market we'd like to lead and influence and inspire as well. So the power of the North Star is an articulation of direction. It's actually how we manage and lead direction. And it can range from, it can range from a, 
a piss poor MBA activity that's done at some offsite and it sits up in a wall and it's done because the MBA manual tells you you need a vision statement and it's in an induction manual and people go, oh, isn't that interesting? Or it's on some poster on a wall with an eagle flying over it that nobody, when I walk around and say, what are the values and what do they mean? It can range from that to a living, breathing system of behavior, belief, and almost a cult-like phenomenon of who we are as a people, where we're going together and why it matters and everything in between, of course. Um, so the idea that I, I, I fight for at the book is to develop a very well-articulated and facilitated North Star asset, which means involving people in the process to create an asset that can appreciate in value through marketing channels, through discussing it, through talking about it, through amplifying it in the world to, to bring people on the journey. Because transformational leadership is it's all about going far by bringing people with you. And uh, without this kind of language, without this kind of art, it's very difficult. Got it. You Earlier, you talked about Apple. You gave Apple and, and Steve Jobs an example. Are there any any other companies that come to mind as an example of an organization that, that has really taken that, that brand, that North Star, those valleys of the organization and incorporated in their marketing strategy to kind of boost the, the growth of the company? Does anything come to mind? Yeah, that there's lots. Well, I, I really often reference one that, that I think a lot of listeners would be familiar with is Zappos. Zappos and uh, the CEO, Tony Shea's work on delivering happiness he was really, really instrumental in articulating brand values, hiring and firing on them or cultural values and brand values. I mean, they even do culture tours of Zappos and have a culture school for other businesses that want to be like Zappos. That's a very meta, extreme example of it. But they, they really went down the path of culture is everything. That's how we're going we're gonna to run our business. We're going to decentralize as much decision-making as possible by creating everything around a set of principles that we make darn sure everybody understands, gets, and resonates with, and, and then sharing that with the world. Like you could call a Zappos representative and say, hey, uh, can you order me a pizza? And they will, because they're all about service. They know they're about service. They'll turn it into a joke. And, and one of their other values is be fun and a bit quirky. So they'll turn that into a meme and share it across the office. Uh, their engagement goes up. The environment improves. They really have figured out how to engineer an environment that people want to show up with. People want, want to be there for the same reason. People want to serve under the same promise, really. It's an environment where a promise can be consistently fulfilled. You know, that's, that's kind of the magic code. <laughs> when we're talking about brand marketing and culture, right? So this happens at all levels. We can talk about, you know, organizations I'm not quite fond of either. Like, you know, not a big McDonald's fan for a myriad of reasons. However, there is the systems there. There's very good training culture and there is consistency and a promise that cascades across every land mass in the world as a consistent promise to deliver on that bolstered by systems and pushed out into the market through a series of well-kept promises they're not exactly great promises and they're not exactly completely disclosing probably going to get sued from this aren't I? Um, they're, they're not disclosing the, <laughs> the, the the downside of the promises they're making or or you know the the trade-offs to get there 
but they have done extraordinarily well in creating environments where people can come together, behave in a certain way that delivers an outward promise uh, consistently. So, you know, that's an example. Then there's all my client case studies, which you can uh, you can look up if you like. Go to the website and check that out. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I gotta, I gotta I do the it. plug, right? <laughs> no, no, I love it. Okay. Now, the, I want to I want to drill to, uh, towards now towards the end. I want to drill a little bit deeper into the marketing side of you know some of the maybe approaches that you've seen work really well in organizations, even the the clients that you've worked with, in order to kind of drive those you know marketing artifacts, marketing assets from North Star and company values. You know what, what's what are some of the advice and and recommendations you you have when when you work with people on that front? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, keeping in mind that prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. I'll I'll try and keep this general and useful as a principled discussion with the caveat that this doesn't apply to everyone all the time and shouldn't be taken and is for entertainment purposes only. Let's, Let's roll with that. First up, I would say, I would say if we're talking in terms of internal brand, like culture and value system, be blatantly honest. So for example, I had a client recently that realized they'd called me in because they'd become a real sales hungry company and they were really neglecting their customers and they they weren't delivering on their promises. And they were like, let's call Benny to talk to our salespeople, to talk to our service people, to restructure our values. So our promise to the world of delivering what we say we'll do comes true and we can stay in business before the invisible hand of the market slaps the snot out of us. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll come in and play and we'll see what comes of it. So I come in and what we're talking about is they're, they're putting new, oh, we've got our new core values. Customer care is one of our values. I'm, I said, no, it's not. No, no, it's not a core value. It's an aspiration that you have. Take it off the bloody wall. And they took it down and everyone's going, oh, what, what's going on? It's like, you can't just wake up one day and tell your people that we're different. You can't. You have to have the conversation and say, you know what, we actually have stuffed this up and we're trying to be better. And here's what we're working towards and here's what you can expect from us. And we don't expect you to trust it until it's in place and it's moving. So they place that as an aspirational value. They wrote on the walls of the building, they brought into their their difficult customer conversations. We are working to be the best service provider we can. We're scoring it, here's what we're doing about it. And every day we're trying to get a bit better at it. You know what? We know we're not there, but this is the number one thing we've got to work on and we, we get it. And they were completely truthful, authentic and honest about their own shortcomings. Guess what happened? Everybody got on board. Everybody said, yeah, this isn't some corporate bullshit slogan of you know something that's on a motivational poster that's, that I'm supposed to flick a switch and change my opinion about the entire history of behavior in the company. We just don't work like that. It was a very real, very honest, very truthful conversation about what change needs to happen that involved the people towards a commitment that they could stand beside, feel proud of, and eventually, because this is what happened, three months later, celebrate when they had the best NPS or net promoter score in their industry because they were honest about it, because they were clear about their shortcomings, because they celebrated that they had stuffed it up, but were prepared to do the work to make good with the people that mattered most. And I think that level of candid truth, vulnerability, and honesty is worth more than uh, 
thousand clever taglines any day of the week. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So you got it really incorporated within within the company rather than just uh, just putting it putting it putting something on the wall. Well, a couple things happen if you put it on the wall and it's not incorporated. Everybody that works there goes bullshit and the currency goes down. The integrity of people goes down and your culture weakens. And the next thing that happens is when somebody interacts with somebody at your company, which is either going to happen directly through a phone call, an email, or indirectly through something they've made, they don't fulfill on what the promise is that the marketing team designed because that mismatch between culture and brand and marketing hasn't been calibrated in the right way. And that just turns into a series of disappointing encounters until somebody does it better and earns the business, earns the right to serve. Because really, at the end of the day, all marketing and all business is about earning the right to serve someone in my eyes. Got it. No, I really, I really appreciate it. And I think there's, there's a lot of interesting point that you, you shared over there. You know, before we kind of uh, wrap up, I have a couple of rapid questions that I want to want to ask you as well. And I want right. to um, dig in as well. So let's, let's do it. So the first question that I want to ask you, Benny, is, you know, what is, what is one resource? It could be a book, it could be a blog or a podcast that has fundamentally changed the way you, you work or, uh, or live. I religiously read Seth Godin's work. It's the only email I subscribe to. So from marketing, Seth's daily blog. Yeah, I love it. That said, there's 200 and something books I reference in my own book and all of them have changed my life. And if you go to my website, bigchange.group and you look up resources and books there, there's a list of 100 of the books that have had the biggest influence on my practice and and our our consulting. Uh, I can drop that in the show notes if you want to. That would be great. That would be great. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All right. Question number two is if you were going to give one advice to marketers, mm. right, from all the all the transformational leadership work that you're doing, what would that one one advice look like? Effective marketing is a inside out job. If, if we can find a way to reverse engineer the ideal experience from the person providing the experience on the front line of the coalface and explain that in a way that's very human, very clear and zero zero smelling funny in any way uh, it's genuinely a reflection of that experience i think we can connect with people a lot better got it okay question number three and the last one is what are some of the influencers that you follow either in your own space or in in, in marketing space but what are some of the influencers that you you keep an eye on i hang out with with really interesting academics in the in the space of developmentalism and, and cognitive psychology. Um, Peter Senge is, is a prominent systems thinker that's phenomenal. You know, the great Jim Collins, uh, who we all know and love, is a bit of a, I think he's one of the greatest thinkers in, in, in business literature of all time. Gosh, there are so many. Uh, I would say uh, Dr. Dr. Theo Dawson, who's a, a mentor of mine, uh, works incredible in terms of developing people and working with developmental stages in, in, in children, but also in adults and executives. Bob Keegan, Robert Keegan's work on the, the self-transforming mind, that, that level of thinking and that level of psychology, I think it's really uh, where, where the gold is these days. I think the challenge is translating a lot of that deep academic wisdom to practical, actionable stuff that works in, in commercial terms which is kind of my job as a, as a, you know, thought translator. 
Got it. No, that's, I love it. Now, Benny, if, if people want to find out more, what's, uh, what's the best way that they can, they can do that? Yeah, look, if you can check out bigchange.group. You can check out my own website, which is just dropped at bennyosmus.com, which is a coaching practice. You know, I, I am pretty approachable in, in having short, sharp meetings with people that are interested in, in development. So reach out. Don't be a stranger. You can find me on LinkedIn. And if you Google Benny Osmus, you'll find a, a whole bunch of stuff that I've put out there and a whole bunch more is coming. So I hope that's useful for anybody listening that's interested. And uh, I hope all of your pathways and careers are brilliant and shining and, and create wonderful contributions for, for all those around you. I love it. Benny, this was, uh, this was a great conversation. I think it, it, was, it had a different bend to it, but I think there was a lot of insights that, that you brought to the table. And um, I think a lot of lesson, our listeners will enjoy it as well. So thanks, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us. Hey, thank you, sir. I've really enjoyed this. I appreciate it.